Welcome to Bound by Books. I am Marianne Morea, and I'm joined today by fellow author Hannah Byron. Today, Hannah and I are going to be just discussing things that affect not only just authors, but everybody, um, boundaries and burnout. I've been going through a lot in my life in the last uh, in the last four to six months and Hannah has as well. So the group decided, tag, you're it. <laughs> you guys are the ones who are going to talk about this difficult uh, conversation. And let's begin. Hannah? Yeah, thank you, Mammy. I'm lovely to see you. I think when our, our products are finished, you know, these, these lovely books that we put out and, and we just enjoy them most of the time, um, it's it, it seems like such a finished product, you know, and um, nothing wrong with it. But the, we hope. <laughs> the path to get to that might be very bumpy, you know, the road yeah. to actually get that. And um, yeah, it, it, it's very hard when life interferes and you can't finish your book or you are um, struggling to get into a new book and then life intervenes. So yeah, Marion, can you can you lift just a tiny bit of the veil, not too personally, but what, what has derailed you, so to say, these last couple of months? Well, um, there's been a whole bunch of things in that going on in my life. Um, I had a cancer scare um, you know, over the summer that I didn't end up getting a result back until um, October. You know, it began at the end of August, you know, uh, the, around the third week of August when I found the lump. Um, and, uh, you know, they by the time I was able to get a doc to say, yes, you need to see a breast surgeon. It, it was um, the end of September. And then by the time they did the biopsy and everything that went along with that, it was the first week of October before I got a an all clear. But we're going to watch it, res, res, you know, response. Mm -hmm. So, um you know, tentative exhale for that, you know, tentative exhale. Um, the other thing is I'm moving, you know, and every, anybody who's ever had to pack up a house that you've lived in for more than, you know, for more than a day. <laughs> I mean, for, in my case, it was 16 years in one place. So picking, packing up 16 years of my life and having to move it um, is, is, a, is, is a feat in itself, but having to go from your home to a temporary place while you're waiting for your other place to be ready um, is is a making you a displaced person. It it really disrupts your your life. It disrupts your flow. You don't have a place of your own where you can feel comfortable. Where you can where you can actually write your where we are right now. It's it's very um, everybody's in each other's pockets. You know, so it's a little hard to find a spot. I mean, it, I have this background behind me of New York, this of gorgeous New York City, um, but I'm actually sitting in my bedroom because there's no other place for me to do this. So anyway, those are just a few little things that have derailed my writing um, and my creative flow over the course of the last four months, you know, actually, yeah, little, yeah, about four and a half months, almost five months. So um, I'm looking forward to getting back into it because oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel that, I, that the move is going to be completed this week. And once I set up my office, um, do you remember that movie um, Under the Tuscan Sun? Yeah, with Diane yeah. Lane. There's one. There's one line that she says. Whenever you're in a, whenever you're in a new place, go through it, and 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 be kind. Be gentle. Be kind. Get to know yourself. Get to know the place, um, and make one room your own. And that's what I plan to do when I move into my my own house. Is that my new house? Is that I'm going to make my office my office, and that's the first thing I'm going to do, even before I unpack my kitchen. So, what about <laughs> yeah. what about you, so Hannah? 
yeah, yeah. I, I have a follow-up question on that uh, because that is the the, the outer um, skin of what happens in your life. But how does it affect you? Do, do you do you feel like um, um, restless because you can't write because the creativity flows anyway? I mean, it is distorted. But how does it make you feel to be unable to write? It's 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 draining. Um, I, I have uh, my, my kids laugh and they call me stressy depressy <laughs> because I am stressed, but at the same time, I'm depressed because there's no creative outlet. If I didn't have this podcast and our weekly marketing meeting to do every week, I think I probably would have turned into job of the hut, sitting on the couch, yeah. binge watching Netflix and eating, yeah. you know, with a, with a, with a bag of potato chips attached to my yeah. mouth. You know, it's very, very depressing um, because yeah. the creative flow d- uh, still hits. I still wake up in the middle of the night. I still have a notepad next to my bed where I'm scribbling ideas and my characters are, they're kind of in a stasis right now, almost like, um, yeah. you know, uh, like they're in, like they're in sleep pods on a, on a, on a spaceship somewhere waiting for me to, to wake them up and say, okay, guys, back to work. You know, it's, yeah. um, it's very, yeah, and, and it, yeah. it, it, it also it also screws with your self-worth. I don't know if anybody who has has uh, whatever job, whether you're a, a teacher or a nurse or, you know, even if, if you're just in, in business and you're sitting behind a desk with a computer, you know, you, it, it, your job gives meaning to your life. And it gives you it gives meaning to your identity. So when you're removed from that, yeah, it's a little bit of a lark for and a holiday at first. Mm-hmm. But after that, it's like it really messes mm-hmm. with your head that, OK, who am I now? So, yeah. you know, I think it is I would compare it like an, an athlete who, who breaks his, his or her leg, you know, that you still want the mindset is still there, but you can't move. So yeah. like but um, you also you even had to to cancel a pre-order, didn't you? I did. Yes, I had to cancel a pre-order simply because of uh, well, there were two reasons. One, because there was no way I was going to be able to get it done with the cancer scare because that was when it was coming to fruition, and the other was when I had my laptop crash right before I got the cancer scare. So that was another thing that was on top of on top of everything. So, yeah. and it's different. It's different than burnout because burnout when you have writer's block and you can't write because the problem is coming not from without but from within i think i think burnout when it when, when you when you have been writing for so so long so hard that like the faucet is on it's almost like a fire hose you know and then all of a sudden the fire hose gets turned off and there's nothing but drops coming out of it yeah. it's very disconcerting and i think i would rather deal with the external things that are being thrown at me by the universe, just life messing with me, than having to deal with having my my own creative muse be the one that's 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 um, that's messing with with the creative process and yeah. having it be having it be be uh, blocked off. I actually yeah. um, I actually before all of this happened, you know, I was at a convention over the summer and um, there were a couple of authors who were, you know, they're high profile authors who did a, a, a talk about the creative process. And one gal actually said she doesn't believe in writer's block. She mm-hmm. thinks it's BS um, mm-hmm. that she, you know, that she thinks that it's um, that you have to just keep your eye on the prize and that it's that you this is your job and you have to make money and you just do it anyway. Well. You know, unless you're unless you're writing in a formula, um, that's not always easy to do. You know. 
Well, there are so many different people, so so many different strengths, and some people don't understand that. But um, just one word of warning: I can imagine that you you envision your 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 office and you envision yourself sitting there and creating again. But it it be gentle on yourself even then, because it might be that you that then writer's block sort of comes to the forefront because you want so much and there's so much energy wanting to come out and it gets blocked there. It, it, I don't, don't say it happens, but there is a possibility of, um, you know, longing so much for it that I don't know, that is different for everyone as well. But that might happen to me, you know, that I've put everything on it. Oh, now it can happen and then that comes with something like that. What about you? What's going on in your life? What What is yeah, the... Well, what- what are the yeah. universe throwing at you that are that is messing with your boundaries? Well, I think for me it was more in the past. Uh, I am currently sitting in my office. My office was my um, daughter's bedroom. It is the smallest uh, room in the house because when I bought the house that same year, she she went to university, so she only came back for the holidays. So she hasn't really slept in this room as I had it you know decorated and it had her furniture so um I think and of course my sadly my daughter passed away uh, seven years ago so um sitting in this office every day is is very special for me it is it is the place where I'm closest to her so to say in this house um and um, it gives me peace because, um, yeah, that was definitely a period that I was completely thrown off writing. And um, when she's been ill, she was ill for two years. So that was my most devastating um, time in, in my life, in my writing career. Um, but, yeah, at the moment, I, I just blessed every day that there isn't, much external um, pressure on me, apart from that I still have a day job. And um, I did get overworked there a couple of months ago. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of <laughs> struggling to the end of that and uh, getting to my, my retirement, which is in, in, in a little over a year. So that is, that is still um, very heavy on me, but... Um, the thing that is difficult for me with writing is that when I finished the book, so I, I did a, um, um, I finished the book at the end of October, and I always want to dive immediately into the next one, and I can't. I need at least a month for that old character, old um, main character, former male character, to sort of fade to the background. And the new one, the new main main character comes to the forefront. I get to know her, which I like only women, female um, characters. So that is a slow process, and that is something that I don't, I can't really deal with very much because I want to go on and I want to. to but she takes her time presenting herself to me. There are plenty of times when characters take their time presenting themselves. Um, you you I, have that as well. I I, yeah. I, I do. Um, and that the times when that is the most difficult is when I'm writing two books at once, which I will be doing once again 
very shortly, you know, because the books that I, the book that I had to cancel the pre-order needs, needs to, you know, it's been, it's got cobwebs on it right now. So it needs to, it needs to be refreshed. And the one that I, that I, my, my laptop crashed that I lost, I, you know, there are people who are waiting for that, that book as well. So, and they were, and I have to say, I have the best readers, you know, to all of you out there, you have, I have the best readers. Everybody has been so patient and so understanding because um, a lot of people had pre-ordered the book um, in paperback and were expecting it at uh, the last convention that I had gone to. And because it of circumstance, it just didn't happen. And I asked them if they wanted a refund and they said, no, 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 it's worth it. We'll wait for it. You know, and I just I, I love the fact that they that they did that. Um, I'm very willing to give them their money back if they want it, you know, uh, but they said they, they would rather have the book and that it would be worth waiting for. So, of course, because they because they've been, you know, this is where when you talk about boundaries, but, you know, it can also uh, uh, apply to between readers and authors, you know, that you have to yeah, set up a boundary, yeah. you know, so but I find that a lot of times my super readers the ones that have been with me from the very beginning, um, the ones who have me on one click, you know, that they're, they're, they're one clickers that as soon as something comes up of mine, they automatically buy it. Um, those are the readers who have pre-ordered this book who are, are, are being the ones that are so amazing about waiting for it. You know, they will get extra stuff when that, back, yeah. when that stuff comes. I will, I will stuff those envelopes full of extra stuff yeah. when the time so comes. A, yeah. I have a question on that. So how do we, how do we, so you in first place, communicate difficulties to our readers? What do we, don't we, what, what do we share with them and how do you, how do you reach them? Um, multiple ways, because you can't just rely on one, on one avenue. Um, my newsletter, I usually share a lot, a lot of, uh, you know, not, in-depth personal stuff um something but the last newsletter when i when i um finally did write one again i started the the subject line was so you know good news it's not cancer and the open rates for that were incredible because people were interested even people who don't who are not my super readers who are just my casual readers were interested and i shared a hell of a lot more personal information in that than i normally did was that deliberate? I, yes, it was deliberate. I did it because, because number one, people had been wondering if I had fallen off the face of the planet, you know, because all mm -hmm. of a sudden I had gone missing in action. Um, but it was, it was an explanation for them because they deserve it. They're my fans, yeah, you know, yeah, they I have, the, you know, they, they allow me to do the job that I love. Um, yeah. So I, 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 they were deserving of an explanation, at, at mm -hmm. least one explanation. So I, that is through, through my newsletter, then also in my reader group. And also I have in, in some of the groups um, um, that where uh, if a convention is happening or a convention has wound down, a lot of times the groups that are uh, affiliated with those conventions will stay excuse me, we'll say live for a little while. Um, I have done um, uh, Facebook Live in there and I or I have recorded something or just put up a post, a long post for people to see so that I have reached most of them. Yeah. But the people who pre-ordered the book, uh, I had their information. I had, I had their email information. So yeah. I was able to tag them personally to let them know through private messaging um, the, what was going on with me. I think as, as an author, you have to try and reach your readership any way that you can when something happens. You know, when the shit hits yeah. the fan, 
and it explain and it and it affects them you need to you need to yeah. to, to to exhaust did, every avenue yeah. that you have did you did you put up something on your website as well or i did not you know i did not because um yeah it's just in my mind now that would be an idea I guess I, yeah, I guess I, I could have, but my newsletter is people who have actually consciously given me their email yeah, address and yeah. it are requesting for me to, to communicate yeah. with them. Yeah. My, my website, it's out there in the ether and, you know, anybody and their brother yeah, can look I, me up. Did you have the pre-order on the your pre website? No. On your website? Oh, no. Okay. The pre-order okay. was on, the pre-order was an Amazon pre-order and then yeah. a pre-order for the convention was done specifically with a google doc for that convention so that's how i yeah. had everybody's email no, but address. i mean i have on my website i have my books and i have a click to amazon and i have to be really aware that if i change a pre-order that i um that i check that it is still you know the right link and stuff like that no, I, I know links, links on websites is something yeah. that needs to be yeah. maintained. And I have been very remiss on that. So, but uh, what about you? Tell me what's going on with you. Um, boundaries yeah. and burnout, you know? Yeah. You're well, really chugging um, along. Your, your success is, is skyrocketing and I'm so proud of you. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I didn't expect it. I, I'm really still getting to grips with it, but it also puts the pressure on you. And, um, yeah, so I, I, as I said, I haven't been writing really a lot in November. I've been plotting my new book, and um, I'm waiting on the edit from my editor for the book that comes out on 8th of February, the, the Norwegian assessment. So I'm also, this is a new editor for me. It's a developmental edit, so I'm really like, oh, what is she going to say? Maybe she doesn't like the book at all. So... Um, <laughs> And, and yeah, so um, I must say that, um, so I came back in 2020 after my ordeal of years not being able to write. And, and um, I must say that when I started out, I was way too ambitious. I thought I could write many more books than I could. I could never do what you do, like two projects at the same time. I would love to because I'm going to bring out my debut novel next year and I want to have some follow-up books on that. I have a new pen name, but I I, I, I can't do two projects at the same time. So, um, yeah, but, um, I, I do feel that when there is a pressure of a, of a pre-order or a book has to go to the editor that I might be... Um, on the boundaries of burnout, you know, because you, there is so much research to do for my books, and I think, oh, I can't make the deadline, and I get pretty stressed. The thing is, I still feel it like a healthy stress. I still feel it, okay, then the book gets done. I know you have that in, in, in May, that you just go into your writing cave. When you have that opportunity, it's still like you're, you're drained at the end of the day. You're very tired, but it, it, it gives more um, satisfaction that the job gets done. Whereas good now, tired. It's a good type yeah, of tired. Because now in November, I haven't written, and then it's now Norimo, so there are loads of authors getting to 50K um, um, words 
in a month and they're all fired up and I'm just sort of not writing. And like you, I, I found out that I, I'm not in my best mental state when I don't write. I know that my brain needs a break between the characters, as I said, but there is something very um, pushy inside of me, of me that wants to, to get the job done, you know, to get the 200, 2,000 or 3,000 words on the page every day, because that's what, what, what we, we do. But um, I'm, if things stay, we never know what happens in life, but if, stay, if life stays like it is at the moment for me, I can see writing my books at a slow page two, three a year. Um, I don't think more because there is so much other stuff to do around it as well. You know that. I mean, and we always do courses yep. and we do this and we do the other. So, um, yeah, it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm looking to you and thinking, oh my goodness, I just hope for you to come, to have things coming down because it is such a good feeling to, to actually be in calmer waters, you know. Yeah, it and is. actually when you're in the writing cage, it is a calming place. Even though there's chaos going on inside your head, um, you know, and, and there's, uh, you know, there's just uh, and in another world enacting in your head. Um, it's a calm place because you're either immersed or observing and because you and I have had that conversation. Um, but it's it's a it, it's a place of your own making. So yeah. you you kind yeah. of can. You, you think you're in control, but you, <laughs> you're not. Yeah. Your characters are in control. Yeah. I mean, when I, you know, I'm going to be having a, a podcast with Danielle Bannister um, shortly uh, where she and I both talk about writing two books. We will talk about yeah. writing two books at the same time. Um, it's uh, the only thing I can tell you. It's like it's like if it, it, that that analogy that I made earlier, that it's like your characters are in stasis, you know, and then you wake okay. them up. But when you're right, you know, when you're in, when you have writer's block or when you're when you're when life is 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 messing with you, they have to kind of go into that stasis. But when you're writing two books at the same time, it's like being a, a pre-K teacher, <laughs> you know, and having the, having the kids you know, running around and you're trying to corral them and say, you know, and have you have one of them, you know, one set of them playing with the glue and the paste and you have the other ones coloring and the other ones and you have to, you know, and they, they're like, miss, 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 you know, when they're trying to yeah. get you know, in touch with the, you know, trying to get the teacher's attention um, and you have to put them in timeout. And that's exactly what I, what I do with my characters. I'm like, I'm sorry, today is not your day. You need to stay in the corner, yeah. and, you know, turn around, face the corner, you know, unless you want me to kill you, go sit down and go sit in the corner because I will rewrite the script. And you will die. So, yeah. so. so I, ha I have another question for you around this, um, this whole thing of life messing with your life, uh, with, with your work. Um, do you have any, um, you know, uh, plan in place in case things happen to you? Yes. Yes. In fact, we were just talking about this on uh, on, on a, in a clubhouse chat a, 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 a couple of weeks ago. Um, I have all of my my information about my uh, my ads and you know where books are uploaded and all my passwords and everything um, in a in a specific spot that my children and my husband are aware of. So that if God forbid something happens to me they can go in and they can either unpublish my books or 
keep them up and then manage them that way. They won't be able to do the ads unless they hire somebody, but um, they are aware of, of where things are. In terms of unfinished works in progress, um, years and years ago, I actually had a relationship with, a, with an, a fellow author who wrote similarly to me. And we had made a pact that if God forbid something happened to us, we would finish each other's works in progress. And, you know, we would do, the, you know, we would market it as such, as a, a, a posthumous um, work by so-and-so, and that both of our names would be on it because it would be her work and my work, and then vice versa, my work and her work. Um, but she and I have had a falling out since then, and I don't have anybody that um, mm. that I, I would trust to finish my, to finish my work. Um, what about you? Yeah, well, that's why I thought it, it, it fitted this this um, this topic as well. It's the other side of it. Well, I was I was um, uh, made aware of this. I was in that same um, clubhouse room, and actually, um, the person who brought it up has done a, a specific hour, and and she's going to give, to create a checklist of all the things that you you have to do uh, or could do to have um, like um, a also, like setting up a trust or anything. Um, I'm just in the initial stages of it. I've discussed it with my children because I don't have a partner. Um, the thing is that for me, it is um, what I have realized is that I would like my books to still be available after I pass away. I, I hope they will stand the test of time. I hope they would still bring in income for my children. So I would definitely want to take the steps to make sure that everything can continue after I pass away. About unfinished projects, I'm not there yet. That is another thing to think about. But first and foremost, so I've discussed it and my youngest son has said, okay, mom, I realize that this is not just important for you, but this might be important for, for us as well. I mean, even if they could have like two or 300 euros per month coming out of my work, that is a nice income. You know, it, it, it is, is a waste not to have that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I, I will definitely... Take, but I'm, I'll do it slowly. I want to, 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 I think it is legally different because I'm in Europe, legally different from the States. But I, I'm thinking about setting up a trust and having trustees. But what I would love is to find in time to find a very, very trustworthy assistant who will, you know, manage the, the ads and stuff like that. Because I don't see my children or at least that she or he or she could teach my children if they wanted to do it, to do all the stuff. But I mean, we're on so many platforms. So yeah. I, I do all my passwords in LastPass. Do you do that as well? No, I do not. I, um, so, I, 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 the only time I've ever used LastPass is when I had um, um, that gal from Scotland take a look at my ads and I had okay, to put it in there for her uh, to yeah. look at it. But um no. Yeah, since then, since then, I, I know who you're talking about. So since then, I put if if it yeah, is Sarah. like books funnel or it's made alive, if I get a request to put that password in there, I put it in there, so I know they're all there. Just the professional 
things. But um, so I would love to have that checklist, certain steps, because that checklist would also help my um, trust, trustees to actually manage it. So, um, yeah, this is an important step, but I, I must say I haven't done everything yet. Well, I mean, I didn't uh, after my laptop crashed because of because of ransomware, you know, it was the malware. And I ever since that, I, I'm like, no, I don't want anything. I don't want my passwords in any way, shape or form out out in the the atmosphere for somebody to be able to find one spot with everything there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know it's encrypted and so forth, but, you know, the, yeah. I, I my trust level with with uh, cyber thieves is ve- is is very low. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have much trust in in, the, in things with it when it comes to that. Um, I think know, it's still it's still wise to, to regularly change. Yes, of course it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are people who have one password for everything, and that's I think that's a little crazy. But you know, some people don't have the time to 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 have multiples. You know, or yeah. the but yeah, yeah. So yeah, so there are different levels. I mean, you could also not. Uh, I mean, it's also possible to get incapacitated or something. You know, that it's not just that you you you're not here anymore, but that there are is a situation where you can't yeah yeah meet alzheimer's your, meet your meet your um um promises say so hopefully that won't happen um but yeah it, it it's daunting yeah and um it, it sometimes it smacks you in the face too not to get too morbid but there was a super reader of mine um her name was elizabeth hyatt she was a lovely 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 woman career reader um she would read two books a day, um, at, at least two books a day. And I met her at two conferences this past summer um, before the shit hit the fan in my life. Um, and she bought, she had a wagon behind her. She must've bought $4,000 worth of, worth of books. She bought every single book that I had at the convention she bought in paperback. And, you know, I was throwing gifts at her. I was like, you know, take a water bottle, take a t-shirt, take a, you know, you know, because of the fact that she was just like, looked at my stuff and she goes, okay, I'll take one of everything. And I was like, uh, excuse me. And she goes, yes, I'll take one of everything. I've read a couple of your books. I love your work. I want one of everything. So, and then she passed away like completely unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. And she was really not much older than, than me or you. Mm-hmm. And uh, so oh. it was kind of a, it was kind of a, a reality check that, things could happen, you know, unexpectedly, you know, you don't, you just never know. Yeah. And the thing is that our, our work, our our work as indie authors is, is complex. It is not generally understood what we do. So it is very important to have like a good plan that people know what to do. And um, yeah, so I, but yeah, I, 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 I will definitely create it in 2022, yeah. but I'm doing it in slow steps. And I want to talk to somebody here in Holland who can help me say, well, go about it in this way. That is the most secure way. But yeah, for two reasons. So one, that that um, everything is, is guaranteed, that there are no um, loopholes or anything. On the other hand, this this really wish of me that would be my dying wish that my books are still out there and available yeah so um well yeah. the fact that we are you and i are both indie authors makes that control factor a little bit more possible 
um, because we don't have to deal with the publisher having rights to our books and then deciding what they want, what they want and, or don't want us to do. Um, and it also affords us with the, uh, you know, the ability to, you know, have somebody carry on for us if we want it, you know, yeah. going forward. Um, yeah. So, yeah, boundaries and burnout. There's so many different facets of, of, of it. And, you know, whether it's life, you know, hitting you externally or if it's your own creative muse that is uh, causing causing you, you know, all kinds of ill and uh, issue, you know, it's it, it happens. It happens to it happens to everybody. I mean, I can I, I have some friends of mine who are nurses who have reached ultimate burnout with the COVID situation. And, yeah. uh, you know, they need they need I, I often wonder what other people do to just give them give themselves a mental break when they when they reach uh, that that level of burnout i mean you said you take a month to let one yeah. character fade and, I and also, then another yeah uh, and i, I mean, also walk a lot i go outside i meditate so these are things that i do when i feel that the stress levels are too high i, I work out so i have my my day and for me i don't know for you but for me a day that is because i'm i'm so old now daily routine is so important to me so i do the yeah. same things i'm very boring but i do the same things and if i have like more than two meetings or appointments in one day i feel restless because it, it interferes with not being able to sit at the computer and well, write routine is important too because i had a routine as well i would get up in the morning and i would i would you know i would sit at my desk in my office by 9am, like as if I was going to work, you know, because yeah. I am going to work, but even though it was in my own office in my own home, you know, I yeah. would do whatever I needed to do ahead of time the same way I would if I was running to catch the train into New York City to, mm -hmm. you know, to go to a day job, you know, I would load my dishwasher and, you know, and, and, uh, and put it on and, and, you know, put a load of wash on and then move it into the dryer before I would, you know, jump in the shower and then get ready for work and then make myself a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, depending on what I felt like, and then sit at my desk and, and, you know, uh, you know, pull up my latest whip and or if it was a marketing day, you know, pull up my marketing, check my stats and so forth. Every morning I would check my before that actually I would check my stats. I would check my email, look at my social media to see if, you know, if it was anything that I needed to answer or if anybody had reached out to me, whether whether it was personal message or email. And then after that, it was writing time. And then I would mm -hmm. write until when my children were younger till they came home off the bus and then I would get them their snack or what have you, or, you know, when they would come home, my office was right there in the front of the house. You know, they waved to me and if my doors were shut, they were glass doors. If my doors were shut, they knew very, very well, not to bother me that I was in the mm. middle of doing, I was in the middle of a deadline and I actually had a chalkboard that I would put in front of my desk that faced out that said on deadline, you know, so that they would mm. know not to really not to bother me. Mm. Um, but, you know, and then I would I would stop writing at a specific time, stop writing so that I had time with my family, you know, mm -hmm. and I don't know. Do you write on the weekends? Do yeah, you, I, you write, do? I, I don't have any, any days off. No. Yeah, no. I do. I take time off. I finish. I I, I will I will stop writing by three or four o'clock in the afternoon so that I can spend time with my family mm -hmm. and then we you know make dinner and so forth. And then after everything is is, is complete. 
I would either go back to writing or I would have some time just alone just to kind of wind down with my journal and just and to think about what's going on for the next day, maybe maybe um, pen and ink outline what I wanted to write the next day. But I uh, on, I write on Saturday mornings, but that's it. I don't do any. I don't do yeah, any more. Yeah, but it's different for you because you have a family around you. I live on my own. That it, and it is the one danger for me to 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 head towards burnout because I love 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 working hard. Working hard is my. I just all my life I I I love to go to the max with work, working hard in everything I do. So that is a danger. I will work, I work from when I get up till until I mean not just writing but all the marketing things things doing cool. I even call my walk and my workout everything is just geared to being in my most uh, perfect state. But that is a danger. And sometimes my children say to me, "Mom, you I should take, take a I day take, off." But I don't. Yeah, I take Sunday. I take Sundays off. Unless I'm by my, unless unless um, I'm by myself, if I'm completely by myself, if my my husband's gone fishing or my and my children are older now, so they're they're all over the place with their friends and their own lives. Um, but if I'm by myself, then I will I will take a little bit of time off. But then I always end up gravitating into my office to do something. Um, but I have to make yeah. sure that I take time to spend time with them because otherwise, yeah, right. if I don't you know, then they're really going to be gone. And, yeah. and then I won't have, because right now I have the luxury of them being home part of the time, you know, because they're away at college, but um, I want to spend as much time with them as possible. But now I'm, when we move into this new house, I'm going to be in kind of the similar world with you yeah. where, where yeah, you, you are. You still have a husband. <laughs> yeah, I do, but he's very busy and he, and, and, yeah. and uh, yeah. so a bit. So, a lot yeah, of, so just see how it works. I mean, I, I, I see myself like like um, one of these scholars, you know, all day I'm in my, or one of these monks, all day I'm in this routine, I'm doing, just doing one thing after the other, and I'm, I'm always studying something. I'm just, and, and if nobody bothers me, fine, I'm, I'm just fine, I'm doing my own stuff, and I... I, I, I will be very eccentric when, I, when I'm Eccentric? <laughs> Oh, I just, I mean, I guess, I guess for, for, for me, it's, it's, I I almost feel like this is me in a, I've been in my own stasis, like a cocoon with everything that life is throwing at me. Maybe that, you know, like everybody always says, you know, the universe has a reason for doing things. And maybe this is part of it because, you know, my youngest daughter went to college right after we sold the house at the end of August yeah. and then everything happened with the cancer scare and everything. So, uh, and being, being displaced and having to be in a temporary place until the new house is ready. And um, maybe it's because yeah, I'm going to be, it. well, yeah, not yeah. even so much that, but it's that I'm going into a new phase in my life yeah, where yeah. I'm going to be more or less an empty, an empty nester. And I have yeah. to learn how, I, I mean, maybe this is getting me ready to yeah. dive yeah, into well, that new life. Yeah, well, that's what I'd say. That I, I think I started off saying that I'm I'm so thankful. I, I feel blessed with the with the trend, with, with my monk life. I feel blessed with it because I I brought up three children on my own, so I know what it is to be constantly inter- interrupted, and I have to bring in the, the money as well for the for the so. This is a blessing to me. These years that I can just do my own thing, 
is is just I indulge in it, but I can indulge in it too much, you know, to the to the extent that I think, oh no, I don't want to to, to have an appointment today, you know, I just don't want that. I should, I should see friends and family and, and stuff like that. Well, I'm going to hold your feet to the fire come next June when yeah. going to when you and I are finally going to meet in person in yeah. Italy for a writer's it retreat. Yeah, fingers crossed that that it happens. So yeah. anyway, boundaries and burnout, not a fun topic, but at the same time, it's a necessary topic because it affects everybody in one way, sh- one way, shape or another. So um, do you have anything else you would like to add? Yeah, I think that. Um being squeezed by life and to 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 shrink you know and to not being able to do the things that you can as i said if 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 you can expand again it's such a great feeling so you're so thankful then for being able to do that so after after rain comes sunshine that will be my open door yep me too i'm actually really i mean i'm I'm jonesing for this. I cannot wait to get back into my own space so that I can get back into my own head and greet my characters because, you know, I, I, I miss them. I miss yes. them, and you know, miss you. so <laughs> it we sound like crazy people, but it's, <laughs> but it's true. I miss mm-hmm. them. We yeah. thank you for spending time with us this, you know, today. This is Bound by Books, and uh, you can you can find out more about us and the other authors that participate at boundbybookspodcast.com. And listen to tune in every Monday at, uh, at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for sharing our time with us, Hannah. Yeah. Bye, and um, join us again next week with a new duo. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Bound by Books podcast. For more information about the show and all of our hosts, visit our website at www.boundbybookspodcast.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review.